Right. Hello there, my friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about the new moon in the second decade of Virgo. I am very pleased to be joined by my friends from Astrology Victoria, uh, Tatiana Hassan and Dulcie Cardinal. Hello, my friends. How are you doing today? Hello. Excellent. How are you? Doing very good. How are you, Tatiana? Amazing. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So you are all coming from uh, the west coast of Canada, correct? Indeed. Tell, tell us a little bit more about Astrology Victoria and the work that you're doing over there. Yeah, um, so we host uh, general um, kind of casual astro chats with people in the community. And since COVID, it's gone online and anyone is welcome. Uh, we also host astro presentations by professional astrologers and they choose a topic that they're passionate about and they present it to the community um, and we use a donation uh, donation basis for that. Um, yeah we actually had Spencer uh, as one of our presenters uh, a few months ago and uh, we love uh, sharing um, astrological knowledge with everybody and inclusive, having an inclusive uh, community. <laughs> yeah, we, we did uh, the Fixed Star workshop uh, through Astrology Victoria, and that was a, a lot of fun. And we, we did a, a deep dive into Fixed Star stuff and had a great conversation. I think the three of us had a great conversation afterwards. So yeah, definitely um, learned a lot. And even though I didn't know a lot about the fixed stars, I ended up feeling like I, I had a good knowledge after. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Like I, I was like blown away by Spencer and I then got a reading with you, Spencer. And I was like blown away <laughs> by this fixed stars reading. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Like we, we, uh, we did a deep dive into Tatiana's chart and uncovered some really interesting stuff. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I put out some links to both Tatiana's site and the Facebook group for Astrology Victoria um, in the chat box if you'd like to check that out. They have an Instagram account too, Astrology Victoria. Um, Tatiana has her own website. I believe it's Tatiana's, uh, TatianaHassan.com, where she is also has a Tatiana's spiritual toolbox on Instagram, which is very cool. Um, Dulcie, you have an Instagram account as well, right? Where we can follow the exploits of you and your your um, fur, furry friends, right? <laughs> With you and your dog. Yeah, that's so sad. Exactly. You, you have a lovely dog. Is this the same dog that I met at Glock? Yeah. 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 What's your dog's name again? Uh, Epsilon. Epsilon. Perfect. A nice Greek name. Um, yeah. And, and your dog was very friendly and just a, a lovely, lovely soul. So uh, follow their exploits on, on Instagram. Um, and if you're joining us from the chat box today, uh, let us know where you're coming from here. I'm seeing some nice comments in the chat. We've got our friends from Finland. Susanna is here from Finland. Uh, Damon, uh, Darren or D. D is here from, from England. Uh, we've got Tara, Tara joining us from Ontario. Uh, Remco is here from the Netherlands. Samantha Menzo is here from, from Michigan, my home state here. 
So we've got Canadians, we've got Europeans, we've got Americans here. We're an international crew today, so very, very excited. I'm Spencer, I'm so proud. <laughs> it's fun. I, I love that we're able to bring all these people together in these, these live streams. Yeah. One, one thing I wanted to turn on the audience to, to a new feature that we have here on the channel. Um, recently, we passed 1,000 subscribers on Spencer Michelle Astrology, which is very exciting. Um, so a few things that, that become available when we pass 1,000 subscribers is there is a new feature um, in the chat. If you are watching along today, there's something called Super Chat and Super Stickers. And you'll see a little dollar sign in the chat box where you can make a donation in the chat with a Super Sticker, or you can have your question highlighted today and it'll stick out so that I'll be able to see it much more clearly if there's a lot of things going on in the chat through a donation. And that really helps support the work that we do here and supports the channel. So if anyone wants to test that out today, that would be awesome. And, and we'd be grateful for all of your um, you know, support and whatnot. So uh, that is a new thing that is available. But uh, we are going to dive into the new moon in Virgo here. Before we get started, just a few more housekeeping things. Um, I do have a Deccans workshop that is coming up on Saturday, September the 4th at 11 a.m., where I'm going to be diving in, doing a, a very deep dive into the all three Deccans of Virgo and the myths associated with Virgo um, in a webinar that's going to go between two and two and a half hours, depending on how long-winded and how many questions I get. I tend to be long-winded. Uh, so, uh, but you can find a link to that in the description of this video, the Deccans of Virgo, the Integrative Divination webinar. Um, so make sure you, you check that out. And if you want to sign up, it'd be great to see you there. You'll be able to chat with me and, and have a little bit more of an intimate setting where we can kind of dive into some of these themes. Um, Tatiana and Dulcie, do you all have some things that you're working on and offerings that are available for our listeners today? <clears throat> I currently have Saturn right on top of the sun in my chart. So I am in my home doing not much. No <laughs> so worries. No, no worries. But keep your eye out for Dulcie. Dulcie is a talented astrologer and a, and a great diviner of the stars. So you will probably see her <laughs> doing some things in the near future. All right. And Tatiana, how about you? Well, I'm in a major transition uh, as well. And um I'm getting my practice going. Uh, I'm an evolutionary astrologer, like I told you earlier, like hardcore evolutionary, archetypal and psychological. My deep interest is in healing work and deep dive work, you know, with my deep Venus and Scorpio <laughs> love for this deep things. Um, and uh, and so I'm, I'm doing that and, and working on like healing modalities, a spiritual counseling that I have my um, my channel, Tatiana Spiritual Toolbox as well. I, I offer guided meditations, ceremonies. Um, uh, I usually align like full moons, new moons to it. And I give uh, heart circle offerings on Zoom now, mostly after COVID. So if people want to join Tatiana Spiritual Toolbox, I have all that also uh, available um, for just spiritual guidance and, you know, support through any kind of growth in the in our path. That's like my my super mega Virgo path. I'm a triple Virgo. So, yeah. <laughs> so this talk is going to be very 
yeah, lively with us talking about Virgo. And I, I can put my little Virgo input as much as you want. It lives inside of me. Yeah, so. Well, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today, because I know that, that we you've got a real strong Virgo signature in your chart. And uh, I know that you'd have some good insights too. Dul Dulcie, do you share your, uh, your big three here? <laughs> I have very little earth in my chart. Yeah. Um, so I kind of get a benefit from Tatiana's Virgo. Okay. okay. You've got the, the, the higher perspective, right? With some of your placements, more, more of the, the big picture. That's why the two of you work really well together. Tatiana's got that nice Virgo microscopic view. And you've got some stuff in your chart that's more about the, the big picture stuff. So we'll, we're, we're balanced today. And I really, um, it's really fun to have different astrological perspectives on the show, too, with Tatiana and her evolutionary background. And Dulcie and myself both being students of Achyuta Bhava's Nightlight Astrology Hellenistic courses. So um, as I discussed with Achyuta recently, you can check out an interview that I did with him on becoming a professional astrologer. There's many different ways to approach astrology and many different lenses we can look at these things through. And we're all trying to, to interpret the language of the stars and, and divine those messages, hopefully to bring us closer to wisdom. Um, so it's really exciting that the two of you are here today. Uh, what do you say we start and dive into it? I'm going to share my screen here and we're going to take a look at this lunation. So we're, we are looking at September the 6th um, in the Eastern time zone at 8.51 p.m. Make the proper adjustment for your time zone. I guess out by by you, this will be what, three three hours earlier? Yeah. Right? So it'll be about 5.51 on the West Coast here. Mm -hmm. uh, any initial thoughts? What do you think? Either one of you would like to start. Tell, tell me what you're seeing here. Yeah, so the general idea that I got from this was that we are starting to put our knowledge and our research and our skills into practice to, uh, to establish something tangible or something related to our body or our health um, that is going to benefit, benefit us in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. Tatiana, what do you think? Yeah, and what I see there is, of course, this very strong Virgo energy wanting to come through. We have also all our retrograde planets, our mm. outer planets retrograding, which uh, it's, I feel, a very important time of making inner changes to make them really tangible on practical day-to-day -day applications, which is our Virgo. And then we have this Libra energy also, um, that is a lot of focus for me, like relationships. So for me, it's the inner relationship we're having with ourselves and others in order to make those changes that are tangible. And with we're going to see later with that uh, trying to Uranus, we're being almost pushed into a quantum leap of the next version of ourselves. So there's a part of, of a part that is being literally restructured inside with all these retrogrades pushing us and and moving us to to that uh new version mm -hmm. through real tangible daily action changes and yes. that's kind of what i see as the main theme <laughs> yeah i love this concept of the new the new version right it's a, i see that we're shedding skin on some level and you know we're um, emerging I, I mean a couple of things we can see right away in this chart 
is we have this lunation is exactly trined Uranus. I mean, pretty much almost to the minute. So we've got these Virgo planets asking us for efficiency and for new methods and process. So that was one word I wanted to focus on today, process, because Virgo is really a lot about the process. It's not necessarily about the accolades. It's not necessarily about, uh, it, you know, Leo is once the parade, right? But Virgo is like, all right, let me do the job correctly, okay? Correctly is relative, but there's always a correctly a correct way to do something if you're a Virgo, right? Tatiana, you can, you know, attest to this, I'm sure, right? I know. I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, so we've got this trine to Uranus that's very strong and almost exact. Um, the other aspects I'm seeing is, is Mars is making that trine to Pluto. So we are, you know, again, being asked to uh, really examine some of the, the methods that we are using to take action and, you know, being asked to transform on some level, right? This, there's this transformative energy. I also like to think of Pluto as the the clogged toilet planet. You're going to hear me say that a lot on this channel, but um, it's everything that we push down that sometimes bu gets bubbled up that needs to be dealt with. So our efficiency questions are going to be dealing with this third decan of Capricorn, with which are um, bureaucratic structures. So, so sometimes when we have uh, when we're trying to create a legacy. I think that's another thing with Virgo that I, you know, Tatiana, I think you and I talked about legacy in our, in our chat without giving away too much, you know, um, that was a real big theme when we were talking about having a, a mission and, and leaving something for another generation. And I think part of this to me comes back to the, um, the harvest season. We're at the end of summer in the Northern hemisphere. We've spent all this time, cultivating and now we're trying to figure out what we're storing for the winter and what we're going to discard back to the earth how have the two of you um gone through that harvest process and what are some tips i think that you can give people as far as um how to make that a smooth process how what does that look like for the two of you that harvesting process Dulcie, what do you think for me, um, I I would say I've been going through, um, you know, I've had migraines forever and I'm examining a completely new diet. Mm. Um, and it's it's based on what our ancestor ate thousands right. of years ago. Um, so I've been learning about that specifically for a little while. Um, and just kind of taking in that knowledge, processing it, understanding it, and then choosing what makes sense for me and just completely discarding what does mm. not work for me. Yeah, you're, you're literally digesting things right now, right? I, I feel like yeah. Virgo rules the intestines and the, the astrological um, mandala. And yeah, we're really figuring out what we're going to you know, extract as, as nutrients and as nourishment and what is going to be expelled as waste on some level. So that's really cool that you're finding a new, literally a new diet of how to, to feed, feed yourself. Right? That's cool. It's completely different than yeah, anything before. Perfect. Yeah. Tati, Tatiana, how about you? What are, what kind of um, processes are you going through? 
Oh my God. So Uranus, um, and I'm, I'm okay with disclosing some personal information. Sure. Uranus is going like it's exact opposite my natal Uranus. So I'm going through my Uranus opposition and I was literally propelled within two weeks into a birthing a new reality for myself. I got hit with an opportunity to move to another place, to move to land, actually, which is, has been always my dream. Mm-hmm. Move to land and 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 pro, uh, and live in community and have a healing center and all this appeared before my eyes in a flash two weeks ago. Wow! And and we in my own Uranus position where you think like, well, what can be so Uranian about life? And I'm like, mm, I, I'm I'm doing all the changes. I've been very consciously doing all my changes since last year and entering this. And now with that trine, and I'm a Virgo, so it's trining my own son, my own, like this chart is trining me, <laughs> like, yeah. kind of. And with Pluto also, it's all this transformation that all that I have to leave behind. I sold my condo within one month. I saw, like, I, I, I'm getting rid of my belongings, my things. And, I'm, and then this opportunity, Uranus, sure. boom, flashes before my eyes puts this in my, in, my, in my view, and I have to make all these decisions. Bing, bing, bing. While Mercury was in Virgo, it was like signing contracts, doing things, getting, getting like reading through things. Uh, I have a Mercury in Virgo natally. So it, I was sharp going on like how to do things, put things on the bank, change, dun, 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 dun. And then two weeks later, here I am. I bought shares in a property with a community of people. And I'm like, Oh my God, now what? So I'm going through those changes that are very real and tangible. They're not imaginary. They're not in right. fluffy life. They're like, oh my God, I now have to get a car and do very practical things, change my routines and my, my schedules to be able to fit into that new reality that is being birthed. Yeah. So so Tatiana, what, I, what I'm hearing with that is that you had a vision and an yeah. essence that is now becoming encapsulated into a form, right? That is now like very much taking form and becoming grounded and becoming, like you said, real, something that you can touch and feel that requires all sorts of new, uh, you know, thought processes and organizations, correct? Absolutely. And without that organizational structures well nothing gets really done in reality well you know like that's what we're talking about virgo energy as being grounded earth mm-hmm. and and it needs to be practical as well in the sense right. that if things are not like done properly what happens down the line is like a malfunction you know? sure, sure. So, so this is the time to set things properly like really making sure everything's done uh, really well and um so that's been like really really prominent um for me and i think for a lot of people at this moment and it is a little bit of a crisis as well but it's not like a horrible crisis it's just an action movement crisis with that uranus shaking the ground saying come on you can do it jump (laughs) yeah and i think that you know uranus is that type of energy isn't it where it is that lightning bolt of awareness that shakes us out of, and it's specifically with uranus in the second decan of taurus that decan is really about our established material routines and uranus is just shaking us out of our normal routines through through covid but through like you know new opportunities and and through our you know whatever 
um, Taurus represents in your life, you're getting a, a giant shakeup. Like, like I have Taurus on the 10th house. So my career is getting like, my public life is getting shaken up right now. Uh, and I'm doing a whole new career with Uranus there from transitioning from music to astrology and all those things. So in your own life, uh, looking for where Uranus is, is hanging out can give you some insights into where you may be uh, prompted to establish something new. And it could be coming out of the blue. It's going to feel disruptive, especially with this lunation. Um, but I think the disruptions are, are positive with this lunation in particular because of the trine. Um, I really want to focus on the, the process, right? So Tatiana was talking about all these new material processes that she has to go through now with her new dream taking manifestation. And what, what we need to do with this deck, and I want to show you all a card here that we'll talk about for a second. So we've got this is the nine of pentacles and we had this kind of uh story that came with the decans where we had to learn a new skill in the first decan the eight of pentacles we uh, are establishing our sovereignty and we're weeding the garden this is this is interesting because the ultimate end goal is leaving a legacy for the next generation so we've got we're learning the skills we're we're crafting something here we're like crafting a you know some kind of efficiency um routine and establishment and then we're going to see what we're going to pass on okay now one thing i wanted to point out that's really interesting about this card is that this this woman is in a lush garden who's brought something to fruition but she's holding a falcon and that falcon is sort of like the ability to control the um, discriminatory process. And I mean that in the most positive way, because this falcon is, is someone who is a guardian of that, that garden as well, who is able to weed out anything that would threaten the, the efficiency of the, or the abundance that they've spent so long working through. So one of the things that I, I think is important with this deck in and this new moon, how can you weed out and get in touch with your inner uh, falcon that you are in control of, okay, to, to say, all right, I've established this new thing. How do I get in touch with, with using my resources in the most efficient way possible? And I say that with resources because we've got Taurus, uh, Uranus and Taurus, you know, and our new routines. Um, I th you know, I've really had to establish a whole new routine with doing things virtually and um, staying at home and doing a different whole career like that. And that's been a real, it's been a real challenge to figure out what works and what doesn't. And I don't know about all of you, but it's easy sometimes when you're left to your own devices to get distracted, right? <laughs> right? So, um, yeah, it's, I'm curious how I'll throw this to you, Dulcie, first. How do you eliminate distractions? What are some practical things that we can do to, to really focus on what's important to us? Yeah. Um, in general, for me, it's difficult to eliminate those distractions, but there is always something that <clears throat> will kind of shout at me, um, you know, whether it's within my body, in my mind, or 
I keep getting a reminder from the outside world, you know, like focus on this, this is important right now. Um, and then, then I'm open to it and excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Tatiana, how do you create focus and eliminate distractions? Uh, it's for me, it's called discipline. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I do have a very innate discipline, na- disciplined nature. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and so for me, it's not necessarily like difficult, but it takes, it takes work, you know, discipline takes that effort of, of, of saying, okay, I need to do this and set my mind into the goal I want to achieve and be excited about it. And then once you start the first step, I think the, the, the thing with distractions is, is like it's okay to let them go a little bit, but almost set yourself a little a, a little blob here saying, okay, give yourself five minutes and actually put a structure of time in place. Because usually that's when we're distracted, we're in this Piscean flow of everything goes, you know, and oh, here, there. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like, okay, I'll let that be a little bit. But if I have, for example, a planner, and I think this is a very practical tool like if you have distractions, get a planner because the mind can go in many directions or, or get a, a, I had to create a whole new Google calendar, very specific for all the things I want to create because there's so many things going on and then I put it on my fridge. So the discipline is like, I woke up, I wake up, I'll use this planning tool. I write down what I need to do. And then I, the, the discipline portion is like committing to it. Mm-hmm. So you see, there is a commitment. There's two things, discipline and commitment. And these two words are sometimes scary for people, yeah. but they're not when you have a goal that you want to set, that you want to manifest in life. And this is really the only way in, in tangible reality. That's just how it is. You know. Mm-hmm. So um, this is how I do it. And I'm um, offering this for people. I love, I love the planners and, I, and i'll show you a few of my things i have here speaking of distractions which one of you has the tabs open that's giving us the notification bells right now let's 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 weed that out virgo style <laughs> close your extra tabs i think it was my computer do you have a Maybe facebook or, or your gmail open? i don't know <laughs> i muted it so okay I'm... cool there we go so i have this uh these are called focus notes all right, so this is my favorite tool right now. Um, awesome. This is the, the, the Cornell note-taking system where mm. you have like these different sections where you can do like freeform ideas. Uh, you have a list here and then like, you know, overall summary type of stuff. Uh, and I've been using that as far as like making a list each day and crossing off things for what I need to do for the day. I'm a huge list maker. It really helps me to not have to... Um, keep it in my head because you will lose things if you try to keep it in your head. And if you um, get it out on paper, then it, that frees your mind up to be able to work on the, the thing that you're working on in the present without having to hold on to those things that you're trying to remember. And before I forget here, we have uh, the first uh, super sticker from Remco. Thank you, Remco, for, for purchasing a super sticker. I very much appreciate that. We've got this nice uh, hippopotamus super sticker. Uh, very, very cool. You, you are um, the first for, that has made a donation like this. So thank you so much for that. Uh, very, very cool. Um, 
maybe that's an animal symbolism for us with the, with the <laughs> yeah. hippopotamus, right? <laughs> there you go. Lurking underneath the surface. We have to hunt something. Hippopotamuses are actually, they're kind of dangerous. Uh, they, they can, they're very territorial. They're very, um, they're protective of their young and of their family. So that's why they're so territorial because they are trying to, you know, if, especially if you're coming into a, a female's territory that's protecting its young or a male that is fighting for dominance to, to mate with the females. So that could be one thing that we're thinking about with that hippopotamus sticker that we've got here. Um, also, I believe they're vegetarians, though. They're, I don't think that they're actually um, meat eaters. So that's something to, to think about as well. Um, so a couple comments here. Um, and do you have something to add, Tatiana? Well, just about the hippopotamus, yeah. it says here, hippos are, are powerful symbols of great skills in problem solving yeah confidence self-reliance and strength so talk it. about <laughs> talk yeah, about solving skills and getting things grounded a hip is a you know perfect grounded. so remco you just gave us an oracle here with that first super sticker so thank you for that all right i'm checking the chat box here we had more people stopping by we have friends from philadelphia another friend taria is stopping in from finland hello my friend uh, we, we have a comment from Theolin saying, I'm presently archiving my academic papers of 40 years, uh, soul school content of 20 years and managing garments left from address design work, clearing personal wardrobe, a big pile for the charity shop. Yeah. I mean, this just going through things that have piled up and, and figuring out what stays and what goes is, is really an important thing to be able to do during this time. Uh, Tara is here and says, uh, this sounds just like my life, but for me, it's career and work-based. Uranus has abruptly pushed me towards what I truly want and love. Okay, yeah. Um, Theolin is asking, Tatiana, what house is Uranus transiting for you? Where is your Virgo? Uh, they are saying that Uranus for them is in the sixth house, trining their 10th house moon. Yes, that's exactly the same for me. My Uranus <laughs> is a sixth house Uranus. Yeah. And uh, my stellium of planets in Virgo is the 10th house. So this is really pushing me into, into what I am here to really do in this lifetime. Because, I mean, before being an astrologer and a spiritual counselor and guide, like two years ago, I was a musical theater performer, okay? You know, and this just is literally shifting me like, whoa, 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 whoa. and now it's pushing me into that direction with like speeds. Like it's a, it's a tremendous speed. Um, so um, six house Uranus right now, it, it's everything of how you, you like is your work, your daily routines, like everything it's being pushed into changing uh, what we do even like for a living, you know? Totally. And when it's with 10th houses, yes. What do you do in the world? Right. You know, what, what are you here for? Yeah, the yeah. word the word in the ancient astrology is praxis, which is which roughly translates to action. And it is what you are it's not necessarily just your career. It's what are you here to do in the world that is visible instead of behind the scenes? What what are you known for? What is your, you know, motivating purpose out in the world? So it sounds like you're really tapping into that, Tatiana. Well, when Dulcie appeared in my life as well, and before we started our channel, I was not even really that present, even on YouTube or anywhere. And now I've been slowly building up to it because I, I feel that what I came to do has everything to do with this, you know, helping people move through their own spiritual paths, 
and 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 healing and inner journeys and i have gone through that i mean i go through that constantly that mm -hmm. self-purification work is a constant thing for me it's not like oh i did it once i went to a healer at the end it's not it's a it's the virgo path is about constantly cleaning that house that inner house <laughs> Yeah. constantly it's not i cleaned it once the end now let's play it's sure, like no sure. you know how when your dishes like are piled yeah wash them and they pile again that's virgo i but agree you know i agree 100 <laughs> and, and i i have three virgo planets in my chart i have jupiter saturn yeah. and mars all in oh, virgo yeah. so <laughs> i'm I, I i i agree that it's an ongoing process and what i experience it as is that I'm an eternal student who never quite feels complete. Does that, does that make sense? So the, there's never this feeling of like, oh, I'm done. Like you were saying with, you, you can't just do the dishes once and then you're finished. It's like, no, it's this, like, let's, let's learn more. Let's constantly, um, and, and you can't just weed your garden just once, right? You, you weed the garden one week and then there's new weeds two weeks from now. You, if you can't just clean your house and get rid of your junk once because it will build up over time because nature abhors a vacuum and it will fill that space. So it's a constant refinement. And I think that that word is really important with the, this Virgo new moon refinement. Um, J, J, Jackie Fox is saying, I hope focus notes will give you credit for promoting them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Focus notes. If you're out there, you know, I, I, you, you want to sponsor the show. I use your spiral bound notebooks and your, your list things. Um, we're seeing that, uh, Prudence is giving us some hard eyes. Hello, Prudence. Nice that you're here with us. Tara says that they love their paper list too. It takes me away from my phone, which often starts the distraction. That's a huge point. Um, I was having a talk with my daughter today who is 17 and does not have a phone. And wow. part of the reason was it was becoming a distraction when they were younger. And my daughter has uh, gone a few years without a phone to the point where we were ready to reintroduce it. And she was like, I don't really want one. Like I just get distracted. And in the meantime, in the, in the void that came from not having that, she uh, is somebody who reads you know, a, a two garbage bags worth of books every week. Like literally they come out at the library with these like, garbage bags worth of books for her. Um, so we're single-handedly keeping the library in business. But what is so cool about that is that she has been able to utilize that time for something that is, you know, promoting and for self-improvement for a skill rather than getting distracted by all these, a lot of times, you know, the phone, phone is tough. I, I, I struggle with the phone too, you know, social media, um, any little app that could distract you because what we're getting is that little dopamine hit and all of these programs and, and things like on the phone, they're actually designed to keep us on it. And it, it is almost fighting uh, and swimming upstream to be able to get that focus. So, I think that sometimes just shutting the, the devices down completely, um, you know, setting yourself a time limit. I think that it's okay to, you don't have to go cold turkey like we have in our house sometimes, but just saying, okay, I have this amount of time. And, or even what works for me is I say, I'm going to work for two hours and I, I'm going to put my phone in th three rooms away so that I can't even pick it up 
Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so I know that when I'm present doing that one particular thing, that's going to be what I'm doing for that particular time. Okay. Um, okay. Couple, couple other things I wanted to touch on. Let's go back to our, our, this is a great talk. I really love getting into the, the Virgo efficiency stuff. I could talk about that kind of stuff all day long. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, we're, so we've, I think we've touched on the, the trine with Uranus with this new moon. Um, we have the trine with Pluto. So in addition to, you know, shaking us out of our routines, we may have to unearth some inefficiencies in our systems, okay, and be willing to uh, compost. I like the compost energy with Pluto too, right? We have to be willing to compost and release when we are shown something that doesn't work. I, I find a lot, Pluto shows us some things that just just really aren't working and require us to kind of go deep into it and unearth something. There, there's a lot of significations with Pluto with things underneath the earth. So I can see this as being like, you go into your basement and you find out that you have things that have been stacked up there for years and years and years. And you're like, oh, it's going to take an entire weekend to clean this junk out of here. And that, that to me is a, a Mars Pluto experience or a Pluto experience in general. Yeah. Um, and then one thing I did want to touch on just from this kind of uh, traditional perspective too, and any type of perspective is we've got Mercury hosting this lunation, but it is an aversion. So that's one thing that we're maybe challenging um, because when a planet cannot witness its temple, like we have here, there may be some confusion around what we are trying to do. There are two types of aversions in traditional astrology. And I learned this from uh, Robert Schmidt and Project Hindsight. And he talks about the ones on either side of a conjunction being more of the nature of Mercury, where it's more about a destabilization of that energy uh, rather than just a denial, uh, which we see on the aversions that are on either side of the opposition, which are more of the nature of Saturn. And this is because of these planets' placement in the Thema Mundi, the, the, the philosophical natal chart of the world. We have Mercury on either side of both the sun and the moon in the Thema Mundi, and Saturn on either side of the opposition. Mm -hmm. So what he was saying, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, because I, th I think this is a really interesting phenomenon, that he looks at the chart as like a cosmic courtroom, where, where when these planets are interacting with one another, they are calling witness and testimony to the witness stand to give testimony on the fate of the native. Now, he talks about the, the Saturnian aversion as one where your case isn't even called, okay? It's like there's, they're not even going to call it in court. And they talk about this mercurial one as where there's just so much procedural red tape to cut through that it just creates this confusion and destabilization. It's this like, uh, this questioning, Mercury questions. So one of the things that I think with this is, what do you think about that? Does that, does that resonate? Have you seen that come up, Dulcie, in, your, in some of your explorations? I'd have to think about it now that I'm seeing it from this different perspective, but I'd almost say 
the mercurial version is a little bit better, even though yeah. it's not as clear, at least you're, you're exploring things and there's a possibility of getting to the right place. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, it's just, it's like you're not there. There's no problem to even look at. Yeah. And, and, and Tatiana, maybe you can help us think about what is Mercury trying to achieve potentially in this Libra position? What, what is fueling? Because the way that we look at traditional astrology here is Mercury is providing the clay for these planets in Virgo to take action on. This is, these are the potters, and this Mercury in, in Libra is the clay. What, what type of clay do you think we're working with, with Mercury in Libra here? Given the context of the Libra energy right now with, with Venus like also heavily involved and, yeah. and uh, Mercury being in Venus's territory, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot to do with uh, relationship, but relationship is not just relationship to the outside, but like it's an inner relationship as well, how we deal with our inner masculine feminine mm -hmm. and, and how to to create right relationship with everything because um and, and this is why you know mercury libra wants to kind of achieve those okay how much do i give how much do i take right. um what is fair this is why you know maybe it's a great time for like this contract signing and and agreements and then we're trying to make agreements with others because First, if we don't have an inner agreement with ourselves, then yeah. it's very difficult to have any kind of agreement with others. So I think the invitation of Pluto to look inside and get the basement stuff out and all of that is so that we can create more harmonious relationships. Venus wants harmony and in Libra, Mercury is trying to find those pathways, but because it's air, it's also mental. So it's like, yeah, how do we ground this to then have a functioning Virgo um, reality that is co-created mm -hmm. with others in relationships? So if we are not able to heal our relationships with ourselves or with others, it's very difficult to set the ground for the new territory or, yeah. or the, new, the new earth we're birthing that is really based on collaboration. For, yeah, it, it, I mean, if we're not, yeah, it, I yeah, love that. I, that <laughs> yeah. Some really great insights, Tatiana, it, especially what you were touching on as far as contracts. Um, you know, I think that the the second decan of Libra really does speak to contractual agreements that we have with others, and Mercury is is a negotiator. So one of the things that if we combine what Dulcie was saying about maybe this kind of like questioning, um, but maybe slightly easier than the opposition type of version is there may be still some kind of negotiation that we're going through where we have to be able to, to um, team up with others on some level too. That's really what I'm seeing with this. And, and from what you're saying, Tatiana, is that for us to be able to infuse essence into matter there may be some compromises that we have to make with others and some social contracts that we have with others as well. And I've experienced this a lot lately, just having guests on the show. And um, I, I transitioned from doing a lot of solo shows to doing more of these interview formats, which I really 
love. I love the interaction between people. Um, but it but it definitely takes more negotiation as far as like, you know, uh, you know, setting things up. What what types of um, how do we communicate in a way that is balanced and equal and things like that? And and how when do we speak and when do we listen? And those those are the types of things that I think could definitely be a part of this uh, new moon as well. Is is learning how to create the the proper social i keep going back to that word customs social customs you know like i think of it almost like as etiquette or manners you know what kind of etiquette is going to be required for you to infuse something into a body uh, and i want to touch on this uh, as we move forward there is a daimon associated with the second decan of virgo and i'm going to clear some of this stuff up here so we can get focused and the daimon with virgo too is the Moirai. And the Moirai were these uh, three um, old women who would spin the threads of fate for mortals. So they were going through a process. We had Clotho, who was the spinner of the, of the uh, material. Lachesis was the apportioner or the measurer of your lot in life. And then Atropos was the cutter. It said, you have this long, here's your, your it's giving you your life and your fate. So I think that it really, that speaks to process orientated as well, as we are spinning the threads of our own fate right now on some level by the choices, the decisions, the uh, communications that we are having with other people, we are weaving the, the future that we are going to be creating here, that we're co-creating. I think that it's a co-creation. And I tend to go on the side of, there are some things that are in our control and there are other things that aren't and we have to make adjustments too and uh, that's my most balanced way of thinking about things and we're, you know tatiana was pointing out that venus is is present with uh mercury and it's in a pretty tight square it's just passed out of a square with with uh pluto so there may be some negotiations that bring up some deep buried feelings maybe some corruption that we've we've repressed uh, maybe we have a limiting belief about working with others where we've been hurt in the past or something like that. And I guess I, I also like, Tatiana, what you're saying about coming into alignment with yourself. I, I think that that's really a huge important thing is before we can have harmonious relationships with other people, we really have to be at peace with ourselves. And if we're battling and wrestling ourselves, that's always going to be projected onto other people, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, if you want to add something, Dulcie, to that, no. I have a comment. Uh, with, with so with that tight square to Pluto and a trine to Jupiter at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's interesting how this Jupiter Venus energy can actually expand and bring like actual opportunities of joy and even. And, and bring good luck and fortune and so at the same time we have this like jupiterian balm coming through with with maybe an expansion of our self-worth or things or big opportunity contracts money even money you know like mm -hmm. things coming our way and with this pluto at the same time there could be power struggles you know so issues with relationships and like maybe power struggles or even attachments that were like, yes. you know, because um, Pluto has that nature of like 
attachment and control. So some some issues of control. So you might be maybe in a relationship that, or a new relationship is forming, you know, when those first moments are like, oh, all bliss. And then suddenly there's those past wounds and hurts that's, that start creating those attachments that are not necessarily healthy. Mm-hmm. And the wounds come back to be, to be observed. And as yeah. Venus moves into Scorpio, that theme is going to continue. So it's not all roses and peaches, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like with all these good things and love and beauty and, and maybe budding relationships, or even if you're single and having some kind of whatever great things are coming your way, there's always people at the other end of everything. And there's egos and there's hurt and there's trauma. So all of that might be coming out and peeking its head only so that we can see it, recognize it and go to that basement and chuck it, take it out. Take it to the dump. You know, (laughs) Tatiana, you know, I, I love what you're saying about you know, pur- purifying is one is is kind of a, a theme of Venus, and really, power struggles do come up with Pluto squares, and there may be something you you hit the nail on the head again with like the square aspect where we, I think sometimes it's fear because we've we've had a past experience where we've been hurt potentially, and I think that this is really about staying present. And recognizing that this is not necessarily how the future is going to be if we take a leap of faith and, and have trust and faith. And one of the things that you were touching on with that Venus, Jupiter trying, Jupiter is in a decan in Aquarius 3, which talks about leaving the past behind. I like to think of Jupiter as what actions can we take that will lead to good fortune, merit, honor. And in this case, it's really tying up loose ends, releasing karmic knots, okay? Austin Coppock calls that Deccan the knot, and then be willing to take the leap of faith into the new experience. And Venus there in the third Deccan of Libra is about maintaining your center, whether there's chaos around you or not. So that's the Four of Swords card, where we see the peaceful resting uh, figure in a sanctuary. So so really that's about, there's maybe there's a lot of spinning plates around you, but you have to find that peaceful place from within. It's not that you have to rely on peace coming from without for you to feel good. It's, it's, it's from the inside out. So um, I wanted to acknowledge that we have another super sticker. Uh, Susanna from Finland gave, gave us the thumbs up. Good job. Uh, Fox super sticker. Thank you, Susanna. I really appreciate that. Um, this is an exciting new feature on here. Uh, and the fox is a really, I think this is a fox here. The fox is an interesting animal. I love that these are animals because it's giving us new oracular things. Um, it's either a fox or a kitty. I think, tell me, tell me, Tatiana, is this a fox? Okay. <laughs> you can't see this. I, I can't see it. I'm going to say it's a fox for today. But the fox really is talks about blending into your environment. Um, it, it is an animal that protects the family um, through camouflage and, and being very aware of the people in your life. So I think Susanna is, is really talking about um, really those relationships that are super important that we've been touching on here and cultivating those relationships 
and acknowledging when you have help in your life rather than, uh, you know, getting into these uh, process oriented power struggles, right? Because <laughs> like, this is one thing that's the dark side of Virgo is that generally most Virgos, and I'm sure Tatiana and myself can both attest to this, we have a way that we would like things to be done. And sometimes it's very specific. And if it's not done that way, we can have a lot of anxiety because we've, in our own minds, we've thought through all the different options. We say, no, this is the best thing. <laughs> like, this is the best way to do it. <laughs> like, and I would say that, 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 that to me could be part of the story we're seeing from the squares to Pluto is trying not to get fixated on form and on, on a specific process and say that sometimes someone is going to have a better way of doing something than you. And that's okay. And that's where the humility really comes in, right? That's where the cooperation and the compromise comes in. Um, because what a Virgo energy person will do is I think that I've noticed this in myself and, and my, my daughter has some Virgo stuff and, and other friends. Um, they will just be like, give it to me, I'll do it. <laughs> like, you know, like, just, just get out of my way, I'll do it. Go away. <laughs> like, you know? And I think that that can lead to some hurt feelings that can lead to people feeling that they're not being acknowledged. And we have to be really cognizant of not damaging the relationships in our life because of our attachment to form and to process, right? Um, I do. Yeah, go yeah. ahead, Dulcie. I do see. So with the discussion of perhaps, you know, triggering certain fears that we have um, with the, the position that Venus is in compared to Pluto, she has the upper hand. Right. And even though it is a square, there might not be that tension. I think she is able to kind of bring that healing bomb to the situation to respond to somebody's uh, maybe aggression or temper tantrum with just love and understanding and calming that person down. Yeah. Um, and that works a lot with children and it's not going the way you want it to go, definitely. But if you are responding with love and patience, then eventually you do get to a better place. I love that, Tulsi. Super, super right on. We, we get to make a choice in the moment, don't we? And how do we respond? And I think that really speaks back to the feelings of disappointment that are inherent in Virgo sometimes. I mean, there are many myths. There's one myth of, I, I, I've been doing research on Virgo for my webinar. So there's, there's just a lot of things circulating. And one connections that I was finding was there's a story of Astraea, which is a goddess who uh, left the earth and went into the sky as a constellation because she was disappointed with the earth. There's themes with Demeter, who, who was in mourning because she lost her child to the underworld and then wouldn't bring life to, to the earth anymore. Um, there's a story of Erigone, who uh, after her father was uh, murdered, uh, hung herself and left the earth and was put into the constellations as Virgo. So there's all these kind of like these like disappointment things. And I think that we have to use our ability to create unity and harmony with Venus 
to overcome some of those strong feelings of disappointment. Because one of the things that is hard for Virgos, and Tatiana, let's see, I want to get your feedback on this, is accepting that our vision can't be, just by the very nature of it being infused into form, cannot be exactly how we envision it spiritually and in our own inner experience and in our inner dream. I can totally relate because Virgo being the, the opposition of Pisces, where is the absolute trust in a divine process right. <laughs> that you're being like just held and Virgo kind of sometimes needs, and that's the shadow part needs to micromanage everything mm -hmm. that will be the shadow side yeah. because it's not being able to come into that midpoint, the, mid, the center of the mandala is where we all should be in the end, right? It's not one side or the other. It's like when as, as energy becomes too strong or too charged, we do need to infuse it with its polarity so we can come into a healthy expression of that energy, which is, yeah, it, it's the energy of purification of look, like a clean house is definitely more, more it's feng shui, right? It's like it, energy moves easily. Therefore, it, it's like the, the inner temple as well. If our, if our mm -hmm. bodies, are healthy and I wanted to definitely touch on this with this whole Virgo energy and this transformation. So first of all, the digestive system, get that, get that fixed. If you're having digestive issues, what are you eating? Is there anything you need to change in your diet? Eat healthier, you know, um, things like that. Do a detox, detox the liver. Right? So first get the Pluto things out through your physical body. Does It could be your mental clutter, your emotional yeah. clutter, but also your physical clutter. And because everything is real interrelated, one doesn't go without the other. And same with your space. Your space where you inhabit is a reflection of you as well. So if your space is full of dirt and accumulation and you know how you have like maybe mold in a wall or like maybe look with the Virgo eyes like, wow, what, what, how have I... How did this come to be? And yeah, so Tatiana's getting upset just thinking about all that dirt. No, you're totally right. You're super right on because because as above, so below, as within, so without. Right. And this is probably this opportunity we're having right now. And 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 with Venus there, and I also cleaning up our relationships, that yeah. it could also be that. And Venus, it's it's grace in, in Libra. Is I, I hear this word grace mm -hmm. and grace is, 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 is grace. Like what Dulcie said, it's not by pushing or forcing, even though that square is there. It's like, how can we do this gracefully? And Venus now is also conjunct Vesta. Mm -hmm. So there's this kind of virginal energy to it, this truly divine, feminine, graceful negotiator that can come to beautiful understandings and transformations for the better. Right. And all of that comes with that right relationship. If we open up all our centers and align and clean and cleanse and allow for energy to flow, then the Piscean Neptunian flow can come in. Otherwise we're <laughs> like, yeah, I think, I think cleaning, system. cleaning your house is a spiritual practice. You know, I think that's, to, and this is spoken from, uh, a Virgo perspective is is that you want to clean out some of the clutter in your mind and your heart and your soul. You know, pick a little corner of your room and create some order, right? Because we're, we're what we're fighting 
is, and not really fighting, but we're, what we're working with is the, the process of entropy. And, and really one of the natural forces is entropy is, is, is we, we have life that comes together and becomes ordered. And then we have life that splits apart and becomes chaotic. And this is one of the things that we're, we're really working against sometimes with Virgo or with that energy is saying, what are we going to allow to entropy? And what are we going to create more order and preserve? I think preservation is another theme of Virgo as well, where we're saying, okay, we know that we've spent all this time and effort and energy growing this particular crop and harvest. Now we feel the anxiety of winter coming. We know that there are cold, hard seasons coming. And we know that we've got to, to, to put something into the cellar and into the storage unit to sustain us when things are no longer going to be growing. So, so that is, I, I think that's where some of the anxiety with Virgo comes in is we know that there is changes coming and we have to prepare. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to Theolin uh, who has give us, given us another super chat. Thank you, Theolin Corton's Soul School, who says, may the force be with you. They were talking about um, some of the associations with the Moirai and the weaving and perhaps how fabric and textile images come easily to Virgo people, the weaving, the spinning, the knotting. I think that's a really good point. Um, they point out that, that as an ex-dress designer, that they use the concept of an underlying tapestry in their teaching. We receive sustenance and blessings from this invisible web of life and contribute blessings in return. That's very beautiful. Thank you for that. I definitely agree. Um, okay, what else do we have? I think we've touched on pretty much everything in this particular chart. We do have an opposition like from Mars to Neptune as that's well. That's true, that's true. That's and, true. and that sometime can bring about, well, because Neptune, Neptune wants us to really go into the spiritual realm, realm of things. And again, it's this opposition of the Piscean, like let spirit move through you and the need to, to do like action, like mm -hmm. real action to make that happen. It's, it's like what we were saying, you don't declutter, like a spiritual action could be cleaning your house. So, right. but that tension between Neptune and Mars can also be felt as like a, a, a confusion in, in like, wh where am I going? <laughs> you know, like, like what's all this for? Like, I don't get it, yeah. you know, kind of. <laughs> well, and Tatiana, this is going to echo the full moon that this is going to blossom into with the moon in Pisces opposing the Virgo sun that will be co-present with Neptune. So, and Jackie is bringing up a really good point. She, she says that Spencer, Dulce, and Tatiana, any comments are on the co-presence of Mars and Virgo and its balsamic phase? The new Mar Mars cycle is fast approaching. And it starts with the new moon in Libra. Yeah, that's a great point, Jackie. Um, we have a, a, a Mars that is under the beams of the sun right now. It's an old Mars that's, Jackie is saying it's balsamic. So it's a very old Mars. So our, our old methods of doing something with Mars and Virgo may need to be composted. <laughs> you know, like, I think it's really, I think, Jackie, if I were to, my thought on that is that 
there are ways that we've been doing things for a long period of time. And Mars can also represent action, right? The way that we take action in our life and that we assert our energy. And with, with Mars hanging out here in the last decade of Virgo, we're, we're really, our energy may be flagging as far as doing things the old way. And we're going to be moving towards the beginning of October where we see a conjunction with Mars and the sun in Libra both of those planets aren't super comfortable in Libra, okay? Like Mars is in its exile and the sun is in its fall. So we may be really moving towards a new start that requires compromise and where we may not be, um, may not completely have the type of sovereignty that things that planets like the sun and Mars want to have. Remember, the opposite of this is the sun and Mars and Aries are really happy where they're saying, I'm self-directed and I can do whatever I want without any permission. And I think that what we're moving towards here and, and Dulcie and Tatiana, you know, feel free to, to chime in. But I think what we're at, moving towards with this Mars cycle is really a need to have to make adjustments to others within this. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, as a very strong Aries individual, I tend to do things on my own without asking for help to my own detriment. Mm -hmm. um, and with this whole change that I'm going through um, with my diet, it significantly impacts my partner and I need to make sure that he's on board and um, you know, his, <laughs> the food that he eats is going to significantly change as well. Yeah. So there needs to be some sort of teamwork and compromise in that. Yeah, for sure. Tati, anything to add? I also think that there is an element of trust in the divine process as well. And it can be hard to trust something that you can't really see or, or uh, and again, Mars wants to do its, its things like the old way. But the new way comes from like a much bigger source of information that we need to trust. Mm -hmm. And Mars in that tension might feel that it's like, well, what's the point of everything? Like everything could get a little bit confusing. Like we're doing all these things, but what's the point? You know, mm -hmm. so I thought there needs to be again this trust that there's something much bigger. I mean, we're seeing the world upside freaking down. Sure. With all these disruptions and things, and even though September is a little bit more like a, of a whew, little, ah, uh, in breather. the a little tiny breather. But October is, is going to be funky. <laughs> just, just so you know. of, I think this is the breather time of adjustments. It's like yeah. if we do the right adjustments, then the commotion that is going to come is not going to knock us completely out of center. Yes. And, and, yes. and so this is really the time to go into that re-examining of, okay, first, let's trust that there's a divine process, a bigger thing that I don't control. I don't micromanage. Mm -hmm. I can only mm -hmm. micromanage my little part, which is right. what do I do every day for myself to stay healthy to be graceful and gracious with others, to do my own basement cleaning, to be aware, like all of those little things. And I believe that if we all get on board with that, the processes coming up will feel much more, um, let's say less chaotic. 
yeah, to it's say. A, it's a preparatory. I like your uh, touching on it's a preparatory phase. We're preparing. We're preparing for a change of season. I mean, one thing that sort of, you know, is, is sometimes I forget um, is that Virgo is the end of summer. I mean, it feels like fall. Like, like I just, in my brain, like I, I think of Virgo as fall, but it's really not. It's, it's the transition from that summer season to, to the fall. So we're seeing changes around this period of time. So I think change is another th- theme that will come up. And what, one thing I think about, just to add to the Neptune opposition here, is Pisces and Neptune, a lot of this is about sacrifice and about what are you willing to give up to, to infuse something into a body. And there is skepticism associated with Virgo, whereas the faith part of Pisces comes in. So we may be wrestling with our own inner skeptic and the, the need to take a leap of faith into what we're doing next. And that could create some tension throughout this lunation as we as we move forward. Um, one other thing I wanted to point out with this Deccan of Virgo, Virgo two, is that the two planetary rulers are Venus and Saturn. And in his book, 36 Faces, Austin Kopic talks about Hephaestus, the blacksmith of the gods in Greek mythology. And he was the wife, or the, the husband, sorry, of, of Aphrodite. So we had Hephaestus, who was this dirty, ugly, like hardworking uh, blacksmith. And Aphrodite, who was beautiful, balanced, where things just came to her and were given to her. And it's, it's funny that they were partnered, because to create this balance and to create this harmony, a lot of hard, dirty, ugly process work is involved. I think that that's something that people really make the mistake of, of getting upset about is they see these folks that have these really well-crafted lives or art pieces of art, maybe, and especially with social media and how that deceptive that can be. But you, what you don't realize is how much work and how much sweat and grime and blood goes into these like, like very well-crafted presentations. And I think that just getting in touch with that particular energy and realizing that if you want to create something balanced and beautiful, you are going to have to get your hands dirty every once in a while. You want the beautiful Marie Kondo uh, Pinterest uh, home, you got to get out the mop. You got to get out, you got to get your hands dirty and you're going to have to put some elbow grease into it, right? And and I think those are the things that we're really going to be seeing um, with this as well. Okay. All right, so I think we've done a pretty good job with uh, doing this particular lunation. I don't know if there's any other questions from the the chat box here, Um, but we've gotten some nice comments here. Uh, Thank you all for the super chats. Uh, Susanna's feeling this Mars-Neptune opposition. Very tired and frustrated today. I'm sorry, Susanna. It's temporary. We'll get through it. Uh, We've got people chiming in. Um, Go ahead. What's that? Sorry, it is separating Mars. Yeah, it's a separating uh, opposition with Neptune. It, now, is that, as we're recording this, is it still applying? I believe it is, probably. I don't know. I don't know. Here, here's the chart of today when we're recording it. It's, yeah, we're, we're within a three-degree application of Mars-Neptune today. So we're probably feeling that today as we get very into true. this. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> what we're going to do next is I'm just going to look very briefly at the the square and the full moon just very briefly because i'm going to do a another live stream on 
September the 17th with my friend Debbie Stapleton on the full moon in Pisces, who is another Canadian astrologer who lives out by you now in the Vancouver Island. You should hook up with, with Debbie. Oh, I she's I did. Yes, on Facebook. Yes. Yeah, she's awesome. So she'll be joining me for that full moon. But I wanted to talk briefly about some of the processes here. So the first aspect that we're going to see uh, as the moon leaves the bond, the 15 degree bond is going to be a trine with Saturn. So there is probably going to be something where we're going to feel a limitation that we have to like consolidate, contract, see the big picture uh, and try to get out of this like very maybe narrow um, up close mouse view and see the big picture. Uh, and that's the good balancing element to all of the Virgo energy that, that examines things very up close in detail. And as we see the moon move through this process here, oops, we went a little too far. We're going to see a square on around September the 13th. We're going to have a square between the moon and the sun. And, and just a few notes I had here was the, the third decan of, of Sagittarius is about feeling a burden. This is the 10 of wands card where you see someone carrying a, a heavy, heavy burden. It's the very end of the solar year before the winter solstice is that last decan of, of Sagittarius where we're just trying to get to the end of something. So I think that, you know, the concept of legacy uh, and what we're going to pass on is if maybe feeling like a heavy load and we're feeling a little tired uh, <laughs> with what we have to do. So watch out for maybe some fatigue uh, and know that you may have to, you know, carry a big bundle of sticks <laughs> to, to get where you're going. Um, does, go ahead. Um, it does have a T-square with Neptune. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Neptune again into this. Good point. Great point. So we're kind of reevaluating what we started. We're seeing it in practice and, and making the changes that we need. Yes. Um, or even just taking a couple of days uh, as a break. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think that, Great point, because we may feel like we're being pulled in a lot of different directions and being asked to make many changes in different parts of our lives. I think especially with the mutable signs, um, there is a lot of change that's going to be coming up and, and it may feel a little bit uh, like we're carrying the heavy load, right? Um, so that's a great point about being kind to yourself, taking, taking breaks. Um, great warning about maybe not pushing yourself too too much to the point of exhaustion because that Deccan is called the horse's skull in, in 36 faces where you're pushing your body to the absolute limits. And that could lead to a, a point where an enforced period of rest if you're not being balanced and taking care of your energy, right? All right. And then we're going to see this lunation come to fruition around the 20th of September with the full moon at 28 degrees of Pisces and Virgo respectively. And here we do see the, the moon co-present with Neptune. Um, we've, we've lost Mars here, which is somewhat of a good thing for the lunation, although Mars has lost some dignity. We've got Scorpio, uh, Venus here. Um, any quick thoughts about the, the full moon? And we'll be brief on that because we'll do a whole new examination of that. But what do you think? Tatiana? Um, yeah, well, um, yeah, towards the full moon, let me see. Um, 
So we're having that on the 20th, right? Um, yeah, so we're still, I mean, because we're also and like slowly leaving that more grounded energy that we set up, set forth and moving more into air and water and like other elements. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that will come more to like what our emotional responses will start to be around all those new things that are coming. So there might be a lot of maybe emotion and with Pisces, there's always with Pisces, something that wants to die, you know, but it's not the death as in a plutonic death. It's, it's a cycle we're closing, right? It's usually always ending. It's an ending of sorts. And that moon close to, to Neptune can also get us, uh, my thought is get us even closer to that part of, of trust and, mm -hmm. and release of the need to control because we're, we're leaving the, okay, now I'm doing the necessary steps. And now like, yeah. let it be, let it yeah. be, it will take you, it will take you. And it could be very emotional. There could be this emotional, because we're seeing the, the, the water come in, right? Yeah. So there could be, you know, when you're so focused doing something, there's almost no time for emotions, you know, yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. And then once you kind of like, okay, we finished this, there's that like backlash of like, oh, and then <laughs> yeah. you process emotionally. Right. Yeah. And then there's a relief yeah. at the same time. All release, the things that, yeah. yeah. When you're working on your garden and working to achieve something, you're just focused. So the yeah. emotions might not be there. And this I feel is going to be more connected to feeling, to emotion, yeah. so maybe yeah. discomfort as well. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be very comfortable emotions, right? <laughs> Definitely. You know, and Tatiana, you're yeah. touching on another decanic thing as well, because the third decan of, of uh, Pisces talks about extreme swings of emotional highs and lows. And maintaining hope, though, that's really the key with that one. I think that the third decan of Virgo really speaks to an awareness that form doesn't last forever. And that might, that might actually bring up some, some challenging emotions, too, where we're dealing with, with decay, actually. And we have to tap into our sense of hope and to be able to deal with those strong feelings. Um, one other thing I wanted to add to that is... When you're creating something, I like to talk about this a lot on the channel, is there is a Japanese concept, I believe, called wabi-sabi. Have you ever heard of this? So there are artists in, in Japan that, that they will craft something uh, very meticulously, but then they will leave something for just nature to complete. They will leave a little rough edge or something of that nature where, where it's like, you know what? The divine gets to complete the, the end of this, right? And I think that that's a really good thing to keep in mind as we move towards this full moon is there will be a point where you have to say enough is enough. I have to let this go out into the world and I have to let nature take its course, right? And release, like you were saying, the release, the emotional release. Um, I used to, I, I, with all my Virgo planets, I used to draw when I was a kid and I wanted everything to be photorealistic and I would get so disgusted that it didn't look just like the fig the the photo that i would erase a hole in the page and i really had to work on that part of myself to realize that i don't have to recreate 
reality in art, that some of the beauty is actually the, the quote unquote flaws or the differences between the photo and my art. And that there is a point when I'm done and I've done the best that I could and I can't redo it. <laughs> this might be that point for all of us, I think. And you did it. And I did it. Yeah. And here we are. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a process. It's like, like, like Tatiana said, you never feel complete and it is a constant thing. It, you, and if you have a lot of these Virgo placements, it is a constant, I think, coming to terms with acceptance of the impermanence of form and the imperfection of material reality versus your spiritual vision. Okay, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to get rid of this junk for a minute and I'm going to go back to just our, here's our new moon. Oops. And I'm going to draw on the screen the, um, the hexagram that we got. And this has been great my friends, uh, we, we have covered a lot of ground here. Um, so I always like to end our time together with an I Ching reading and an animal that reflects the lunation or whatever we're going through for the day. And we've had some animals appear for us today already, which is super cool. So this is the hexagram number 14. Moving towards hexagram number 18. And the animal that we got is the kangaroo, which is, you know, too bad we didn't get kangaroo with shoe here. She could talk yeah. <laughs> to us about the kangaroo, right? But, but um, this, this 14, let me explain these hexagrams first, and then we can see if we can contextualize it with the kangaroo. 14 is called great possession, sovereignty, possession in great measure, self-determination, which, which really reminds me of this Nine of Pentacles card. There are a few quotes that they, they give an oracle in the I Ching and then an image. So the oracle is great possession, supreme success. The image is the fire above the heavens. This is the image of great possession. Thus the superior person curbs evil and promotes good, obeying the benef... Oh, hold on a second. I got to read my own writing here. <laughs> my little tiny Virgo writing. Promote, promotes good, obeying the beneficent will of heaven. Uh, so this is talking about being rich in material goods, knowledge, wisdom, energy, talents, um, power, relationships. You have all these things right now. Okay, we, we have harvested much over the summer. So what do you do with what you have? And what, how are you going to be generous with your skills, your talents, your wisdom? And there's a few changing lines with this. The first one says, there is no relationship with harmful things. So, of course, there is no blame. If one has recognized the causes of difficulty, one remains without blame. So this, this line speaks to things going smoothly. You have abundant resources and much to offer, but don't become complacent. Like Tatiana is saying in true Virgo fashion, you don't clean the house once, you have to maintain its maintenance, right? To maintain the, the, the type of processes that, that got you to this point. So this situation that we find ourselves in at this new moon is still in its infancy. There could be potentially obstacles that lie ahead, but if you resist overconfidence, if you resist arrogance, and cultivate humility, you can continue on. This is another thing that we need to talk about with Virgos. 
Virgo is, is a humble sign. It is almost a reaction to the Leo sign of like feeling puffed up, right? And feeling feeling yourself, right? It's it's sort of like, no, I, I need to improve. <laughs> you know, that's more maybe harder for a Leo energy to, to do where Virgos, that's like just the, the air that they breathe is self-improvement, okay? Um, one other changing line, number four, we always read from the bottom up, says in, in no way arrogant, then no blame. So again, this talks about avoiding arrogance that, that might lead to rivalry or, or envy. Um, being modest and cooperative was something that came up. So here's, remember all of our Libra stuff. We have to, you know, we can't think that our method is the only method and, and close off our ears. We need to listen. Mercury is as much about listening as it is about speaking, right? And, and, and really, uh, it's talked about not boasting of our accomplishments or lording them over others. Since we're having some success right now, it might be easy to get a little bit high on our own uh, abilities, right? Um, but if focusing in, instead on doing the best job that you can um, and letting others notice your hard work, I think is important. This is something that I'm trying to find the right balance of being a self-employed person who is responsible for all their own prom promotion is how much do you like say, hey, look at this success that we did versus letting other people be the vehicle to say, oh, wow, good job, you know? So there is a fine, there's fine lines with that. Um, but I think that in this season, it is very much uh, appropriate to just keep your nose to the grindstone, keep doing what got you here in the first place. Uh, and then the last, um, Hexagram number 18 is called repair, remedying, working on what has been spoiled. It's also called decay or restoration. So with this one, here are some images, and we can kind of dissect this in a minute. Remedying what has been spoiled, supreme success. It is beneficial to cross the great river before starting three days, after starting three days. Uh, below the mountain, the wind blows. There is an image of remedying what has been spoiled. Thus, the superior person stirs up the people and nourishes their virtue. So one of the things in my notes that came up was getting rid of this stagnant air, right? Rousing yourself or other people from their lethargy, shaking loose from a bad habit, and accepting the responsibility for things that may have led into to decay or repair or disrepair. Um, so, so I want to throw it back to the two of you for some final thoughts here about dealing with situations that through no fault of your your own or maybe through the fault of your own i don't know there's there's a balance sometimes we're we're, we we don't want to like feel too much guilt but we also do want to accept responsibility if we've dropped the ball as far as that concept of entropy and accepting the fact that there is situations in our life where just clutter is going to build up bad habits are going to build up and, and, and maybe bring us home with some of those methods that best, best practices to be able to restore things to balance and equilibrium. Yeah, it sounds like, especially at the beginning of, of that reading, we are aware of the resources that we have. We seem to be abundant in resources, whatever, whatever that may be. Um, including other support from other humans. Um, but perhaps just recognizing that support and 
and practicing gratitude for it, regardless yeah. of whether it goes up or goes down and, and appreciating what you have in the moment. And, you know, you can't, you can't really go wrong with that. I love the gratitude part. So important, right? So mm-hmm. important. I think um, having compassion for oneself, compassion for others and neutrality. I know this is a, yeah. Neutrality yeah. means that everything is perfect the way it is. When we can see with that perspective that it's not about me, about you, about, about you did this or that happened to me or why is that there? It's like when we're able to remove ourselves into that space of neutrality where everything just is perfect and come back to our present moment awareness, not the crazy stories we build or ideas or he, she said, or this or that, or anything outside ourselves. And I, and I think the practice (laughs) is, it's interesting because we talk about Virgo about, you know, improving and, and there's a practice to it. and, And then it's a spiritual practice as well, a very grounded practice. And if I had to write a book, it would be just two, two words. It's just breathe and be present. And I think any spiritual teacher teachings, even if there's books are this thick, well, in the end, that's, that's, the, that's the all be all and be all. Just stay present, breathe and, and feel inside of you. That space is neutral. So yeah. anything outside that can be seeming, you know, projected from anything that we're receiving from others, from ourselves, the stories we make, when we go back to that point of neutrality, Mm. by that single action of breathing and coming back to a present moment awareness, that that for me is probably the most powerful tool and compassion in the processes that we're all living as humans embodied in a physical body, you know, a spirit embodied in a, in a physical body. So that compassion, gratitude and self-love. And I think for me personally, that's the way to, to creating then this healthier bonds that we're moving into and, and, and dealing with things that we can, like you said, sometimes certain things are out of our hands or control. Yeah. You know, so love that. We this. Yeah, I love staying present. I've been real. That's been my mantra lately. As far, especially when we're faced with all these changes and just the fabric of society and and the way that, uh, you know, how we've had to deal with some of these global changes. Where as we've moved into this, you know, Jupiter Saturn conjunction and air signs type of experience, we sometimes we have to make adjustment day to day, and we have to really focus on what is required of us in this moment and that might be very different than even a few days ago right and i think that that's that's really what you're talking about but staying present um i wanted to just touch on this kangaroo here uh it talked about positive leaps forward having a strong foundation with large they have very large feet so we've got that that strong foundation those those skills those relationships everything that supports us we're rich with that right now but there's no going back. It's interesting. Kangaroos can't move backwards. All right. So this maybe this is the time to go forward. You can't you can't backtrack at this point. It's time to just just uh, to move forward and to to release your regrets. Right. Say no regrets. Let's leap over a problem. Stay grounded, but moving on. And I think one other thing that to, that really speaks to what the two of you were pointing out is kangaroo is a marsupial that keeps their family 
in their pouch for quite a period of time. So really keep, keep the people that are close to you, keep your loved ones close to you, you know, respect those relationships, cultivate them, protect them, you know, like uh, acknowledge them, acknowledge the help that you are getting and, and it will, it will proliferate. You will help it grow into something great, you know, um, I'm just looking at the chat box here. I'm going to stop the share. This has been wonderful, my friends. Uh, I'm going to, uh, do you want to, what's that? I have one kangaroo anecdote related oh, yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it on. the process that we have been discussing. So the way that, that kangaroos bring their babies into this world, they, they birth the, the baby kangaroo and it's really tiny and has no fur, nothing. And it, it's obviously not ready for the world. So it crawls up the mother's pouch and then goes into the pouch and stays there to drink and grow. So, uh, with our, our process of, of working through whatever task that it, uh, we have decided, it's, you know, we might want it to be a quick fix or something that we want to go quickly, but it will take some time and some struggle. And, but we'll get a little baby Joey by the end of it. Yeah. And that baby's vulnerable, like you were saying, right? It's, it's naked, it's blind, <laughs> like, and it, it needs to be protected, right? <laughs> So, so when we're working to bring something to form, we have to be patient with that with that process and protect that process. Uh, and sometimes I, I think you you touch on a really great point. When we're doing creative work, this I think this talks to not boasting about it too too early in the process too. Sometimes when you reveal something when it's in its infancy, it makes it vulnerable to the criticism of both yourself and others. And it's okay to do some of these things behind the scenes, like in the pouch of security and safety, so that it can grow into something that is unassailable, right? That is strong, that will survive when it goes out into the world. So that's, I think that's another good, yeah, yeah great. Thanks, kangaroo. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, kangaroo spirit. Um, we've got a few more comments here and, and questions, if, and we'll wrap it up for the day. Uh, so it says, Cyprus is saying, my solar return is on the 5th of September. Would that energy be with me for the year? I mean, yeah, you, you've got a solar return that is is very, very close to your birthday. So many of these themes are going to be baked into your, your chart for the year. Um, I would highly recommend Shu Yap's course on solar returns. Um, you can find a link to that in some of the videos that I've posted previously. Uh, she's going to be doing a, a, a four-week course on solar returns that starts on Wednesday, tomorrow, as of this video, so check that out. Um, we've got a few more comments saying, uh, Mars and Venus in mutual reception, what secrets are they sharing? When are they in mutual reception, Mars and Venus? Later, I guess. Will that be later when they, oh, yeah, yeah. When, when they move yeah. into Scorpio and, and Libra? Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll touch on that in the next, the next one. Um, Remco is saying regarding Mars and Venus, when in aversion, isn't there a reception, reception there? Yep. We'll, 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 we'll get that when we get into the October stuff, um, for sure. Um, Virgo, polisher of form, says Jackie, correct. Uh, Tara says Virgo in the fourth for me. I love this kangaroo imagery. That's exactly what I'm doing now, building a strong foundation that always to me, uh, that always to me is moving forward confidently. Yes. Ditto with uh, Remco says ditto, taking care of the tiny kangaroo in the pouch too. <laughs> right. Excellent. Well, my friends, this was wonderful. Thank you for joining me today. I, I really appreciate all of the insights that both of you have brought to the table today. 
uh, you really have a great thing going with Astrology Victoria. So for everyone out there, check out Astrology Victoria. Uh, they have a Facebook group that you can find them on, an Instagram page. Oh, and um, a YouTube. And we a YouTube channel. Our, our, That's right. They've got a YouTube channel. Check that out. I will amend some of the, the descriptions in this video to include those, those links in the description of this video. I, I put them in the chat box, but I'll put them in the video description as well. And check them out. Support them. Uh, subscribe to the channel that they have there. Uh, follow them on their socials. Tatiana's got her spiritual toolbox on Instagram and her website. Check her out there. You could tell that she's got some great insights and practical stuff for you there. Keep your eyes peeled for Dulcie. You know, follow her on Instagram. And and when she's ready to 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 unfold with her offerings, she's going to have a lot to offer to the world as well. And you'll get to follow along with. Uh, uh, her dog's adventures, which is pretty great. Yeah. yeah. And and so if you're a fan of this channel and you're not subscribed, make sure you hit that, that subscribe button, turn the notification bells on. I have a few things I want to turn you all on to. This Friday, September the 3rd, I'm going to be doing the astrology of September at 7 p.m. with Samuel Reynolds. So I'm going to have Samuel Reynolds on the show to talk about the astrology of September. So uh, a, a real an experienced person in our field who has a lot of great insights as well. So make sure that you set a reminder for that and join us and, and speak with us as well. Um, I've got the Deccans Virgo, the Virgos of the Virgos of Deccans, the Deccans of Virgo are coming up on Saturday. So uh, reach out if you uh, want to sign up for that. Um, if you are on the fence about things, if it's like uh, if it's you know a little out of the price range or something, reach out and we'll work something out. I would rather you get the information uh, than than for you to miss out. Um, anything else that you all have that is going on that you want to share? Feeling yep. pretty good? I so think that's happy to get in on this chat. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much for having us, Spencer. Yeah, Tatiana. Just super grateful for this beautiful opportunity. Um, I'm just stoked about. I love doing this. This is like ah passion it's, and. I am getting a new kitty today. And guess what his name is? What's that? His name is Neptune Phoenix. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So bring it in, bring in there. all the symbolism I'm, there for sure. I'm bringing in a little, you know, little Neptune spirit that I have to take care of like a Virgo. Nice. <laughs> for that opposition. Perfect. <laughs> a literal translation of Neptune opposition, <laughs> the lunation. Totally uh, the funny. Mars, sorry, the Mars. That's so funny. Oh. I love that you have um, interaction with people. So I love that it's live and you're taking questions and comments. It's really nice to interact yeah. with people. It's been a great way to do the channel. I was, I, I really changed some of my methods as far as, you know, I was doing like four or five individual, like solo videos a week and that was just killing me. And, and I, I really missed this interaction. So I really am so grateful for the two of you joining me today and all the interaction we get with the people in the chat. Thank you everybody who has donated today through super chat and super stickers. That is an, a really great way to support the work that I do here as well. I really appreciate all of you who are, are, are giving your tangible support, but also your, your moral and emotional support just by being here and giving us your attention is great too. So, so thank you everybody for that today. And I think that's, that's what we've got. So, so keep, uh, keep your eyes peeled Friday for the live stream at 7 p.m. Eastern time with Sam Reynolds. And um, we'll see you all the next time. Okay. Take care, everyone. Bye.